DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. UFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Hello and welcome to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2 with me, Darren Ambrose, as Leicester City left it incredibly late at the Hawthorns. And Dewsbury Hall's got the whole half to himself and he runs up to the goalkeeper, slips into Harry Winks and Leicester win it. It's stoppage time! And Ipswich Town kept the pressure on the Foxes at the top of the championship thanks to an absolute screamer from Wes Burns. All you'll hear exclusively later on in the show. Definitely ranks up there in in my top one for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, one that I've tried on the training ground so many times, and it's flown so far over or wide. Um, I don't really know why I tried it in the game, to be honest. And that wasn't the only incredible goal from the championship this weekend. Watford defender Wesley Hoot netted from 40 yards to secure the win at Hull. It's Hull 1, Watford 2. Watford are in front and you will not see a goal anything like this anywhere by Wesley Hoot, the Watford captain. With it being the FA Cup second round this past weekend, we'll cover all of the big stories from the championship. Plenty from myself and the former Portsmouth and Huddersfield town manager Danny Cowley, who's alongside me for the next hour to get through. This is the EFL All Axis on Talk Sport 2. This is EFL All Access and pleasure to be joined by the former Lincoln City, Portsmouth and Huddersfield town manager, Danny Cowley. Danny, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Darren. How are you? Yeah, good. First time we've worked together, you and I, so this should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at the top of the championship, the title race in the championship. We'll look at Ipswich soon, but West Brom, who done a number on Ipswich last week, Dan, losing to Leicester City. Last minute goal from Harry Winks, of all people. They once again, are they showing the quality and the depth of their squad? I think they are. It was a fantastic win for Leicester. They go from strength to strength. I, I don't see anybody anybody catching them, if I'm honest. Um, to go to to the Hawthorns, particularly in the form that, that Carlos Cabarians at West Brom are in, um, to go there and, and to find the win was 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 fantastic. And I think showed a lot of resilience, particularly after being pegged back in the 89th mm. minute away from home. You can settle for, for the draw at that point, partic- particularly West Brom had the momentum at that stage in the game. Um, and then for, for Leicester to catch them on the counter as they did and, and Dewsbury Hall, he's just a... He's just too too good a player to be playing in the championship, mm. and he did fantastically well and and put it on the plate for Harry Harry Winks. And again, it you know we when we talk about Leicester, we talk about the, the possession, the, the way they they possess the ball, the way they dominate the game in possession. Um, but you have to you have to complement their fitness levels in the, in the ninety fourth minute for both midfielders to be to be running the length of the pitch to to, to finish that counter was fantastic and probably not something that we we think of when we talk about Harry Winks. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 46 points they've got in the championship. That's the most at this stage since Wolves 15 years ago and they had 46 as well. Um, Does that show, do you think that shows quality of Leicester or the lack of quality of the league below probably sixth or seventh place? Well, I think that the the top... Top five in the in the championship, particularly West Brom, Southampton, Leeds, Ipswich, and, and Leicester, are all really really good teams at, at the level. Um, I think probably below that, then maybe there hasn't been the same strength in depth that we've had in recent years. Um, but but certainly the, the the three teams that have been relegated in Leicester, Leeds, and Southampton look look significantly stronger than the than the rest of the teams in terms of squad depth and the quality in their starting eleven. I mean, we have to credit Ipswich because they've just done fantastically well as a promoted team from 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 League One. But yeah, I, I, I particularly the top four: Southampton, Leeds, Ipswich, and Leicester. I really like, and yeah, Carlos Cabrera up to the weekend has, has has done done a really really good job at with, with West Brom in recent times. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about possible weaknesses coming up, but let's now just hear from Leicester boss Enzo Maresca. Despite the victory, he wants his side to stop conceding cheap goals. I think overall we completely deserve to win the game, the three points, uh, and finish in the best way. But uh, I, I just said probably uh, we could avoid the, the goal we conceded because it already happened last Wednesday, more or less the same way. 
but uh, yeah, there are many things to improve and this is one of the things that for sure we need to improve. I mean, he's identifying weaknesses there in terms of the, the, the conceding sloppy goals, Dan, but can you see any weaknesses? They're heading for a, a championship record um, similar to Burnley did last season, like winning it at a canter really in terms of only Ipswich keeping up with them at the moment. Any weaknesses you can see in, in the Leicester team? Personally, no. I understand why the manager would 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 allude to, to to the goals that they've conceded. It's absolutely paramount the position that they're in that he can continue to drive the standards. He won't want any complacency to to set to to set in um, because they are they are absolutely having it all of their own way at the moment. And you know you've only got to look at Leicester's bench. You look at the likes of Harry Sutter, uh, Connor Cody, Jamie Vardy. And they've just got so much depth. And we know that the games come thick and fast in the Championship, particularly over the Christmas period. And I just look at them as a group and I just think that they've got all the tools to be able to nav- navigate through that busy schedule. And yeah, come come January, um, I can't imagine what, what points tally they're going to be on, but they're going to be well, well on their way to, to secure an automatic promotion. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, Carlos Corbrand's West Brom done a number over Ipswich Town this time, well, last weekend, last Saturday at the Hawthorns. But Ipswich have bounced back, beat Millwall uh, on Wednesday and another result, 2-1 win against Coventry City and some goal from Wes Burns, Danny. Wow, w- what a goal. Firstly, Forget if we forget the individual quality, just the team, the the, yeah. the team which started from goal line to goal line. I mean, Kieran McKenna has um, got that Ipswich team plan with so much rhythm, with so much purpose. Um, as a really has kind of a unique system. They play a, it's like a hybrid between a four two three one and a three four two one. Can kind of fall in and out of both formations. Yep. It really suits Wes Burns because he played. They, Kieran loves high width. He's able to get that with Wes Burns on the right-hand side. And we, we normally know Wes for his, his athleticism and his pace and his ability to run off the back of, off of full-backs. But on this occasion, he actually came short, received it, came inside. And wow, that finish with the outside of his right foot. I mean, if Paul Merson had scored that <laughs> goal with We'd be we'd be talking about it forever, wouldn't we? Yeah, but I'm gonna was, I'm gonna throw you on the spot, Dan, um, because I'm sure you haven't thought of much. But it was one of the best championship goals you've ever seen. I think so. I think so because yeah. particularly when you think about the team element and the fact that it went from goal line to goal line and involved so many passes, and then for the actual individual quality, the way that he came inside and it's literally three meters outside of the of the far post, and it just. Bends right round, right into the to the top corner. It was a it was an incredible goal, an absolutely incredible goal. And I'm so pleased for Wes because obviously he he's another boy who's come from the lower levels and he's had to work his way through the divisions. Um, obviously now a Welsh international yep. and 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 a really really important part of that of that Ipswich Town team. Uh, as Danny said, it certainly was an incredible goal from Wes Burns at the weekend, and the Tractor Boys just keep pushing towards promotion. I had the pleasure of catching up with a man himself earlier on today. Wes, thanks for joining me, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, look, we've got to talk about that goal. You know, I think you know the one I mean. Um, I was there. You know I was there. I was doing town TV at the time. Is that the best goal you've ever scored? Um, yeah, it definitely ranks up there in in my top one, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh... One that I've tried on the training ground so many times and it's flown so far over or wide. Um, I don't really know why I tried it in the game, to be honest. Have you ever have you ever got it right in training? Um, maybe once or twice out of probably, uh, I don't know, 100 times that I've tried it, maybe. Wow. Honestly, when uh, obviously the camera angle is right behind it. You've seen it. It was insane to see that going. When you got the ball from Leaf, who, by the way, got an assist for that. I hope you're giving him yeah, a bit of stick know, for getting the assist. But when yeah. you've got the ball, did you know that you were going to go for goal? No, to be fair, because I received it so wide, um, and obviously Clark, he's made the overlap um, and has taken kind of both defenders away. The space was so on to drive inside. And even when I got there, I still wasn't really sure that I was going to shoot. And then the space just opened up even more and then it was just so on that I thought, oh, why not have a, have a dig? And then, yeah, it's kind of just flew into the top bins. Did you know when it left your foot that it was going in? Because, I mean, it, yeah, it started about fair, six, seven yards wide. It was one of those ones. As soon as I hit it, I kind of had a, you know, a feeling that, yeah, I think that's got a chance. And then 
I think even before it hits the net, I've kind of already started wheeling away because of I felt, you know, thought I had a good chance of going in. Absolutely stunning. Compared to Roberto Carlos, that must feel good. Yeah, I mean, I'll take any any of the, <laughs> any of the praise, yeah. I was listening, we, we obviously got you on Town TV as well, and I was listening to you, you, you kind of said that the manager didn't really praise you, although after he said it was the best goal he's seen since his arrival at the club, he actually had yeah. a dig at you, didn't he, for not using your left foot? Yeah, I mean, like I said, because I've tried it so many times in training, and every single time I, tr- I try it, he always goes, well, you just use your left foot. Um, and then, yeah, as he was going through it, you know, at the end of the game, um, you know, like I said, he was he was kind of playing it down a little bit until he said after, you know, it was his favourite. But yeah, he kind of just said as soon as uh as soon as I hit it, he said, Why not just use your left foot? Kind of uh yeah, just a slight slight little dig there. Fantastic. Whereas I could talk about that goal all day long, I'm sure you could as well. But let's just talk a little bit about Kieran McKenna. How good is he as a manager? Um Wow. Uh how do I sum him up really? He's He's the best I've worked with for sure. Um, he's destined to to go to the top for sure. Um, you know, his attention to detail on, you know, every single minute thing before a game is is, you know, incredible. Um, there's so much information that, you know, he could probably relate to us that, you know, we would probably never think about. Um, he's just, yeah, he's he's one of the best best that I've worked with for sure. He's certainly, certainly got you guys playing really, really good football, really nice football. The goal just summed that up. I just want to talk about your partnership with Chappers, Connor Chaplin. Um, yeah. Is that something that you work on in training or is that just natural? Have you got that that bond, that friendship? Um, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. You know, I've, I've known Chappers for, for years, even before uh, we played together at Ipswich. Um, you know, I've shared the pitch against him uh loads of times and kind of always had a, a small friendship obviously that's blossomed ever since we both played for Ipswich now um but yeah like I said it's probably a little bit of both you know we get on so well you know off the field that you know I don't know it's kind of like a a natural connection that we've got and then obviously when we work on stuff in training he always seems to know where I am and I always seem to know where he is and um, yeah, it works well for both of us. We can just play blind passes, knowing exactly where the other one's going to be. So it makes us look a lot better than what we are. Yeah, certainly does. It's it's kind of when I'm watching it, it's kind of like a telepathic understanding. It's it's a joy to watch. I, I, it has to be said. Um, but I had we had Chappers on the other week, and it's not just yeah. you and him. He also said the team spirit is the best he's been involved in. That that togetherness. Do, do you go along with that? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the best bunch of lads that I've you know, had a pleasure of sharing the dressing room with for sure. Um, you know, that's to the team spirit that we've sort of built over the last I don't know, two, three seasons. Um, yeah, is, is definitely one that I'll cherish for a long time. And I think it says a lot for, for a dressing room when, you know, n- new lads come into it and, you know, there's no egos, there's no, you know, big, you know, massive personalities that take over. Everyone kind of buys in straight away to, you know, what we want to achieve and, and um, you know, everyone fits in brilliantly. And I think that says a lot for, you know, the characters that we do have in the dressing room. Mm. How far can you go this season? I don't want to obviously put words into your mouth and talk about promotion, but you're currently sat comfortably in second. Is that something you guys talk about on the training pitch? Uh, well, to be fair, no. In all honesty, you know, when we sat down at the start of the year, you know, you'll know for sure, you know, when you sit down and, and go through, you know, what you want to achieve this year, you know, nothing has been spoke about promotion. The boss has mainly just been saying, you know, we want to stick to our style of play and we just want to keep improving on each game. And I think if we keep doing that and and turning out, you know, the performances the and keeping, you know, our humility where it should be, then I think, you know, we just want to take each game as it comes. And if that leads us to something, you know, really special at the end of the season, then so be it. Talk about team spirit, Wes. Let's talk about talent as well. And is it good to have the depth of squad that Ipswich have got at the moment? You look at that forward line where where you obviously play, Amari Hutchinson, Marcus Harness, Jack Taylor, all come in and all play extremely well. Does that keep you on your toes? Is that a positive thing? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, it, it bodes well for, you know, every day in training. You know, everyone's fighting for their, for their spot on the team. And... You know, it's good to have that kind of level of, um, you know, player pushing from behind or even someone that you're trying to chase if you're trying to get back in the team and stuff. Mm. I think it's, 
it's good for us, like you say, with the team spirit because everyone can push each, push each other along, and you know, everyone is is ultimately fighting for that end goal, which is you know whatever we do achieve at the end of the season. And I think everyone's kind of push pulling in the same direction, which is what you need. Quickly, I'm going to quickly touch on Wales in a minute, Wes, but just your personal targets. You've spoken about Ipswich and you're taking game by game. Uh, a couple of goals for you, including that absolute stunner, it has to be said once again. Are you looking to to continue um, the goal scoring, the assists? Um, what's the personal targets? Um, well, yeah, I think everyone will always set personal targets of goals and assists and stuff, but, you know, a goal that I've always had throughout my career is obviously to play at the highest possible level. So, I mean, like you say, if we, if we keep doing what we're, what we're doing this season and we stick to our, you know, our humility and our principles as a team, I don't see, you know, why we can't go and achieve that, that ultimate goal that I've always set for myself, but personal goals in terms of this season, you know, I'll always set small, small targets that I want to hit um, at various times of the year. Um, I always keep them to myself, to be honest. But yeah, I always want to, you know, contribute with goals and assists and stuff for sure. Certainly do. And let's quickly touch on on Wales, obviously in the playoffs, uh, playing Finland. And then if you get through that, Poland or Estonia, you've broken into the the Welsh side. Um, Are you confident that you'll, one, be part of those squads and two, that you can actually make it to the Euros? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, going back to spirit and stuff, you know, that spirit that the that we've got sort of built over the last, you know, few years with the Wales squad is is one that's very similar to to the one at Ipswich, to be honest. You know, everyone's pulling in the same direction and everyone fights for for every moment that they're on the field. And I think, you know, being a quite a small nation of Wales, we we punch well above our weight. And I think that's kind of what helps us, to be honest. Um I've got no doubt that, you know, we'll be fine in those playoff games and and we'll be uh we'll be quite successful come March. Obviously, you and um, Nate Broadhead involved. Is it is it nice to have that Ipswich connection when you go away on these international uh, duty? And does it show the the quality that Ipswich are producing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, Broadie's you know things that Broadie does on a football field are incredible, and there's no doubt that you know he's going to go on to to have a, a brilliant career as well. And obviously, to have that you know familiar face when you go away on international duty is nice. You know, you know when you're where you can get bored sitting in your hotel room, you know, quite often when you're away on international stuff, it's nice to, you know, know, message broadly, go for a coffee or whatever and and do stuff that way because, you know, we have that relationship at Ipswich anyway. Yeah. One last one from me, Wes, before I let you go. Big month coming up in December, some big matches. I'll be there Saturday the 16th for Town TV. How much are you looking forward to that one, Norwich City? Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be probably one of the most exciting games of my career, I think. Um, that and my international debut, I'd say, is probably one that I was, you know, always look forward to. And this now for sure, especially coming into sort of that Ipswich family, knowing, you know, the rivalry that they've always had with Norwich. And I think over the last few years, they've not really had the chance to to have much to, to scream about, really, in terms of the Derby stuff. So hopefully we'll give them something on the 16th for sure. Wes, fantastic. Hope you emulate that goal that you scored against Coventry. In that one there on the 16th against Norwich City. Pleasure to have you on, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thank you. That was Wes Burns talking to me about that absolute wonder goal. Um, And we've said about Wes and how he's adapted to to coming up into the championship. What about Kira McKenna, Dan? Are you surprised how he's adapted to the life in the championship? No, I'm not. I think he's um, an incredible young manager. Um, he obviously had a brilliant experience at Manchester United and worked with some 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 top people there. Obviously, come through the academy and then then worked with the first team. Has a complete clarity over how he wants to play. Um, more importantly, he's able to 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 get his ideas across. Um, he's able to implement his ideas on the on the training pitch. Uh, when, when we went to Ipswich last year. They didn't look like a League One club, not in terms of their setup, in terms of their structure, their organisation, the amount of staff that they have supporting the first team players. Um, everything was set up for them to to be a Championship club, um, and and I'm not surprised uh, how uh, how well he's done. Like I said, he's got a really unique formation, the way that they play, kind of play with a narrow right back, Wes Burns touchline width. 
um, high and wide. And then on the left-hand side, they 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 love Leif Davis getting round from fullback on the outside on the overlap, and then they're able to get to get overloads centrally with the with the likes of Connor Chaplin. Um, and and yeah, they, they're they're a team that. Like I said, the players have complete clarity over how they want to play. I think the game model suits the players. And as a consequence, there's such a confidence within the group. And Darren, you'll know when momentum is on your side and you have momentum, this can be incredibly powerful. And and, and as a consequence, they're a team that are very, very difficult to stop at the moment. And, and, and for me, yeah, absolutely achieving beyond what they should be doing. Um, but... You know, particularly after losing at West Brom, their response from that game has been has been fantastic. It was a fascinating chat I had with Wes earlier on. To hear the full interview, download the EFL All Access podcast, which will be available immediately after the show. You can find it on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. Coming up after the break, we will be talking about the chasing pack. You're listening to the EFL All Access in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org On DAB Plus, online via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Welcome back to the EFL All Access with me, Darren Ambrose, and the former Lincoln City boss, Danny Cowley. Dan, we're going to talk about the rest, the chasing pack. I mean, you mentioned the other two, the two big teams. We're going to talk Leeds and Southampton. Leeds with a fantastic first half against Middlesbrough. Five-goal thriller in the first half, but they came out on top 3-2. They're keeping the pressure on the top two. It was a a battle against a dogged Borough side. What did you make of it? Yeah, I think I think Leeds look a look a top team to me. They they seem to be gaining confidence as the weeks unfold. Um, I had the pleasure of going in to watch Daniel Fark work actually. Daniel Farker work um, a couple of weeks ago, just prior to the QPR game. I was incredibly impressed with 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 him and his staff, the way that he prepared his team for that game. Um, you could see a group of players that that were were very together. I think that there's a group there that that have lived the championship. Before, I've also had the Premier League experience. I think I felt the pain of the of, of of relegation last year and seemed really, really motivated, really focused. But but most importantly, really together. And sometimes off the back of a relegation, you can sometimes see frailties in the spirit of the group. But I didn't see any of that. I saw I saw a group that was was really focused, really determined. Um, had yeah, had a really good way with each other. And again, you you look at the quality in their squad. I think they um I think they're they're, they're going to be a powerful team. They didn't have it all their own way um, on 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 Saturday. I think Michael Carrick just done a brilliant job with that Middlesbrough group. Um, Lattie Laff obviously got two goals. Um, and if it hadn't have been for 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 the sending off, um, I wonder if the game the the, the game would have ended as as it did. But but. But as it as it was, it was a it was a really good win for Leeds, um, and and yeah, again they're another team that, that that have now put a run of games together and look in a really confident place. You've been disappointed with Middlesbrough, Dan. I mean, what twenty seven points? Only three points. They're in twelfth place. Only three points off the playoffs. But did you expect a little bit more this season? I think that they've had they've had a. Uh, they've had a, an inconsistent start to the season. I think that that would be fair to say. Um, having said that, in my opinion, um, with the squad that they have, I think they overachieved last year. And sometimes when when a when a team overachieves, then the expectation grows with that overachievement, and that can be difficult for, particularly for the head coach. But, but I look at Michael Carrick uh, again, another another coach with with real clarity over how he wants to play, wants to control the game with the ball, um, wants to play between play through through the lines um i think he's got a nice balance of, of of experience with some 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 youth and with that youth he has some some real athleticism particularly in the top end of the pitch and yeah i i expect i expect once they find a consistency um for them to be in and around the, the playoff positions i actually i i actually anticipate that they might be able to find that sixth position in the in the playoffs yeah, I think you could be right there. I mean, it's all to play for that sixth spot. An inconsistent, as you said, Middlesbrough. But Leeds starting to be consistent. They continue to pile on the pressure on the top two in the championship. But this is what Leeds boss Daniel Farker had to say after the game. 
No, we don't don't have a look too much on on, on other opponents who is uh, ahead of us or behind us. We know that um, come next May you have to be there with a special amount of of wins in order to be a good good position. If you want to uh, be in the playoffs, you probably need twenty wins. If you want to be there was direct promotion probably you need 26 mm. obviously you can't afford to lose all the other games you need a few draws as well uh, but this is more or less the, the only topic that matters at the moment um, you never know who will be up there in the end of May Dan a big player for Leeds and, and what's made them push up the table Crescencio Somerville we saw last season burst of it in the Premier League what he can do this season I mean he's even he's been even better I mean I think you'd expect that he looks a Premier League quality player Scored or assisted in each of his last four. He's some player, ain't he? He is, yeah. And, and like you say, now adding a real consistency to his game. He's trying to do the hardest things on the pitch and, and create goals and score goals. And he's been able to do that on a really consistent basis in, in, in recent times. And, you know, you've only got to look at that lead squad. You've got Somerville, Dan James. He's got so much pace. Obviously, the goals of Peru. Um, and you know, again, you look at look at their bench, and you look at the the nine names that they have on the bench: the likes of Patrick Bamford, um, Jaden Anthony, Jamie Shackleton, and, and you know, defensively they have Liam Cooper that, that that's not in the starting eleven at the moment. So, another another squad that has real depth, and yeah, forty six games is is a really tough league campaign, and for me particularly in the second half of the season, I, I look at the squads and the, and the depth of squads and that kind of suggests to me the teams that are going to be able to find the the, the consistency that you need to be able to, to to achieve automatic promotion. Let's look at the the last one of the big four, I think I'll call them, in the championship. Southampton putting a real run of performances together, Dan, at the moment. Um, you been impressed with, with Russell Martin's side recently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like Russ. He's somebody that I know well. Um, I've obviously fo- followed his career from from MK Dons um, and then going to Swansea and 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 you know again another another manager really wants to dominate the ball. Probably the most open and expansive team in the division. Um, in, in Gavin Bazunu, their goalkeeper is a boy that obviously we had at Portsmouth. Um, an incredible goalkeeper, an unbelievable personality. Even as, as the the young boy that he is, he has such a presence, and he's he's so good on the ball. His feet are so good. Um, he's 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 it's just not his um his his technique and his ability to find the passes, but it's actually his tactical understanding of the game and how to break presses. He's always able to find the space or the free man, and as a consequence of that, they're able to get real control in games. And what I've liked is even when they've had difficult times this season, they've never come away from their game idea. Um, Russell Martin, whenever you hear him speak, he's so clear with his communication. And I think that that creates a real confidence within that Southampton team. He, um, yeah, he, he, he really impresses me. And, you know, the, the players, again, because of that consistent messaging, I think now I'll start, because let's be honest, it's a really sophisticated way that they play. Mm. So it does take time. Um, it takes a lot of time. And I can only see them getting stronger as the as the weeks unfold and as they spend more and more time on the training pitch, the relationships in the team will build. People like Flynn Downs look like they're having a huge influence now on, on, on that team. And... Uh, yeah, Southampton again. It's going to be really interesting for me. Leicester will win the league. The second place is is really up for grabs. Just quickly, I know we talk about the top four: um, Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, and Southampton. Do you think any of these teams would struggle in the Premier League this season? No. Well, I actually, I actually think that that Southampton, Leeds, and Leicester would probably finish above Sheffield United. Yep. Certainly. Probably Luton, if I'm honest. Yep. Um, I think Burnley will come through, you know. Again, um, Vincent Company, I, I've been very, very impressed with his uh, the, the, the early part of his managerial career. Again, another another coach that is absolutely categorical over how he wants to play. And uh, yeah, I think if they stick to it and maybe in certain games just become a little bit more adaptable, then... I think I think Burnley will be okay, but but yeah, 
I think it's a really good question you asked, Darren, and I, and I, and I think certainly Southampton and Leicester yeah. would, would 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 neither neither of those teams would go down this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, th- I think neither of any of the four would go down. In all honesty, I've worked closely with Ipswich Town this season, and. I just think there's worse teams in the Premier League, but they got to get promoted first. Um, let's look at uh, Preston QPR. QPR goals from Paul Smith and Chris Willock secured a second successive victory for QPR. Dan, taking a bit of pressure off them. They're still in the bottom three, but look to be turning a, a little corner. Yeah, that's that's what you want when it, when it, when a new coach comes in. You want that bounce, and they've been able to find that um, again. Probably just. Just, just working towards the, the the new coach's game idea, um, but these two wins are very important in the early part of a, of a manager's tenure because they, it it gives the players confidence and belief in the way that they're working, and this could be this could be huge for the for the coach and and also for the players and particularly off the back of the run that they've been on, it's a really 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 important win for for QPR. You know they've they've got boys Chrissy, Chrissy Willock we had at Huddersfield got incredible talent Chris, um, and a, a, a fantastic in the one v one moment a really 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 strong good dribbler can turn defence into attack. Um, and obviously boys like Elias Chair, who I know come on in this game and absolutely almost single-handedly changed the game when he come on at half-time. Uh, you know, these are top championship players for me. And when I look at the bottom end of the division, I, I, always, look at the t- I always look at the teams that have got goals in them because I think that this is, you know, I yeah. think it's something that most teams at the bottom of the division find find most challenging. And out of all the teams that, that, are, that are down in the relegation positions, I just believe QPR have the most goals in them. Yeah. Quick one on Preston, Dan. At one one stage they were they were flying high in the championship table, but they've really stuttered, lost the last three, battered by Middlesbrough. Um can you see them turning it around? Well I, I think they had a had a really good start to the season. Um probably overachieved. I, I, I really like Preston as a football club. I think that they are they're a smart football club. I think they're a club that recruit really well. They take players from the lower leagues. You know, when, whenever I've been managing the lower leagues, you know, the players that Preston have signed are always the top players in that division. Um so you know that their recruitment has been has been really intelligent. I think it gives them a really um humble squad. I think they've got a group of players that um, all you know, all really privileged to, to play for Preston and feel um, you know, uh, are on an upward curve, which I think can be really powerful. Mm. The nature of the championships, there's so little between the, the teams. I mean, you look at someone like Coventry, who I think are a really good team and never really suffered this year. Preston obviously had the really good start, but now they find themselves in a difficult moment. And I just think that this is the nature of of of, of the championship. I just look at it. I but below below fifth place because I do think that the top five are are significantly better than the rest. But below the top five, I think anybody can beat anybody on on any given day. And we're going to take a short break. Stay with us because when we return, we're going to be talking battle at the bottom of the championship. I'm Darren Ambrose. I'm alongside Danny Cowley. You're listening to the EFL All Access in partnership with Eight 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 Sport. Made to challenge. Made to debate. Made to play. Eighteen plus. Be gambleaware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Hello, you're listening to the EFL All Access. I'm Darren Ambrose. I'm joined by the former Portsmouth manager, Danny Cowley. Right, we're going to look at the battle at the bottom of the championship. And Sheffield Wednesday... 10 points, I know, Dan. They're sitting at the bottom. Last-minute equaliser, Jeff Hendrick, 93rd minute against Leicester. And then they go and beat Blackburn 3-1. Did you see this result coming? No, I didn't. They'd obviously had a really difficult difficult run before that, beating 4-0 by Millwall. Lost 2-1 against Birmingham. Millwall was a huge game. Um, but yeah, off the back of that, to pick the point up at Leicester, I think against Leicester, I think that they took lots of confidence from that, and then a fantastic win win against Blackburn, um, and and you know a win that maybe will galvanise that group. Um, it was it was really it was really interesting for me to hear Barry Bannon speak about the new the new coach. 
um, and speaks so well of him, saying he's the best coach that he's worked with. And I thought, that, you know, from someone of, you know, Barry's stature at that football club um, to come out and speak so well of the of the new coach, I thought was 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 was, was quite pivotal actually. Um, and yeah, off the back of Saturday's win, I think goals for for, for Josh Windass as well who's a, who's a really important attacking player for them. Young young Kadamatri, obviously, um, but finding his first yeah. goal, um, brilliant moment, brilliant moment for him. Um, and and a really good good win against what is a is a is a, is a very good Blackburn team. How do you galvanise a, a, a team that are struggling, Dan? They're obviously they're ten points uh, away from Huddersfield. How do you get your team going? Is it a case of just saying they're good enough, or or, or what? How do you do it as a manager? Well, I think when when Nicky and I took over at Huddersfield in in mid September, I think one point out of nine games, the team had actually only won one game in thirty seven because they'd had that terrible time in the, in the Premier League previously. And we picked up a group that, yeah, we're in a, in a really, really difficult moment. And it, it hadn't only affected the players, it affected the staff. And sometimes you just have to try to draw a line under it. You have to kind of press the reset button. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's trying to bring an energy and an enthusiasm and, and, and trying to really focus on, on the process and 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 sometimes stripping it back and finding the best way of playing with the players that you have available to mm. you. Now we all obviously as as coaches have a philosophy and an ideal and a way that we would like to work, but we have to remember that it's the player's game and sometimes you have to, you know, in these situations you have to have a level of pragmatism. You have to look at the players you have. You have to try to get them playing on the areas of the pitch that they feel most comfortable in the style that suits their profile. And I think if you do that and you can coach that and then you can start to build the relationships and the partnerships, slowly but surely you start to see the confidence coming back in the players. And when the confidence does come back, we know that this can be such a fragile commodity. And, mm. and when it does come back, then you could start to get some 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 rhythm and you can get some momentum and you can start to put some wins together. And then I think it can be really powerful because particularly when a group of players have gone through such a period of time where they haven't been winning, when they do start to win in that do start to win that that feeling can be so powerful it can really spur spur the group on to to strive for for further wins yeah disappointing result for blackburn and we mentioned previously earlier on in the show about goal scorers now i know you had this player when he was managing braintree what a season sammy schmodix is having 14 goals already league's top goal scorer did you ever see this i i played him at colchester i didn't see him as a an out and out goal scorer but some of the goals he's scoring this season are, are outrageous they are, and he's a he's a great kid, a bundle of energy. Loves football. Um, you know, we we took him from we had him for a month on loan when we, when we finished third at, at Braintree in the National League. He came on loan to us from from Colchester, and at that time we were really short of goals as a team at Braintree. We probably had the lowest budget in the division, and we were trying to fight at the top end of that div, uh, of the National League. And he came in and literally single handedly turned us into a real attacking threat. I think he we played him as a just as a, as a first forward as a number ten really, but he would come short. He would link the play, but he also has the pace and the willingness to to run off the back of defenders, and yeah, can can score goals inside the box and outside the box. And uh, yeah, I'm so pleased for Sammy because you know he 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 done really well in League Two and then in League One. Then he got his opportunity at Bristol City in the Championship. It probably didn't quite work out for him. People maybe questioned whether he could do it consistently in the Championship, and you know he he obviously. Um, he, he went to Blackburn and since he's been there, I think people have just believed in him and they've given him an opportunity. And maybe the the the, the managers there have played him and continue to play him even when he's had off days. And I think that this is really important for Sam. I think Sam needs to feel, feel believed in. I think he needs to have the trust of the manager. And when he does, you know, he's got this infectious energy and enthusiasm and personality. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been lovely to see the, 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 the success that he's having. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly a good kid, works hard, scores some great goals. And someone else who scored an extraordinary goal, actually, was defender Wesley Hoot, which secured victory for Watford at Hull. Unbelievable goal. Just quickly on Valerian Ishmael, um, Dan, from a manager's perspective, we talk about patience. They gave uh, Ishmael a contract extension despite them struggling at the start of October. 
Does it show, and it's unlike Watford, if you think about it, um, does it show the confidence they have in him despite those early results, um, him being rewarded and, you know, they're, they're, they're turning a corner again? Well, I nearly fell off my chair when they did give him that contribution <laughs> because it's not something that you 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 um, you link with with Watford in recent times. But but I'm certainly pleased that they did, and it looks now that 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 they're now starting to put put a run of games together and some some form together. Obviously, um, Ishmael did a brilliant job at, at Barnsley um, with a with a team that probably didn't have too many championship players within their squad at the time. Had a lot of players that come through the lower leagues, um, not too many big names. And he played in a really direct way, um, played in a really aggressive front foot style, um, looked to dominate the ball in the opposing half. And it was so successful for that Barnsley team. And really interesting for me to look at how things have evolved and how he's changed that style at West Brom and then at Watford, because now all of a sudden, you know, at West Brom and Watford, he he has players that are household names at this level, if not the division above. Um, and and sometimes, you know, particularly playing the way he was at Barnsley, a kind of really humble style, he doesn't always suit the players at, 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 at the, the the kind of the makeups of, of Watford and West Brom's mm-hmm. squad. So that that has been interesting. Um but again I look at the Watford squad, I just look at the pace, the power, the athleticism in the in the group. I think they also have some good experience within there as well. Quite a nice balance actually with some younger players on the way up and then some experience and yeah, normally there's always one team that comes from the pack in the in the championship. And as we know that that because everybody takes points off everybody in this division, if you can put a run of games together, um, which Watford have started to do, if they can if they can maintain that, then 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 they're gonna they're gonna start they're gonna start to look up. Which I think, you know, I, I don't know what what you think, Darren, but for me, Watford should be a team that is that is competing at the top end of of the, of the championship. Yeah, yeah, certainly, and a consistent manager. That's what you need, and and it's shown that they've given him, him trust. So. They should be pushing up the top of the championship, if, if not this season, but definitely next season. Let's just have a quick general look at the bottom, Dan. Plymouth, great result uh, against Stoke. And on the flip side, a disappointing performance and result for Stoke. Swansea drawing 1-1 against Huddersfield. I don't think that point helped anyone. And Wayne Rooney's uh, Birmingham keeping his first clean sheet since being at the club against Rotherham. Probably didn't help either of those as well. Who do you think's struggling, really, this season? Well, prior to, to to the last two games, I would have definitely said Sheffield Wednesday. Um, even with, with with the four points in the last two games, they've still only got ten points from the first nineteen. So they're going to have to find a real, you know, they're going to almost have to find playoff form to to get out of the predicament that they're in. Um, Rotherham are on the verge of appointing a, a new manager. I think that you know they they need to do that as quickly as they can because they've got to try to to change their away form. I think they've had 10, 10 away games so far this season and they've only taken two points. So if they want to stay up, they've got to try to 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 amend their their away form. I think their 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 draw against Birmingham at the weekend actually was a much better performance by all accounts, a much more more competitive performance. Um, and hopefully that will give the group some confidence and they, but they will certainly want to get that new new manager bounce when 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 that appointment is made. I think QPR have got goals in them, and I look at the quality in their squad at the top end, and I think that they that that they will navigate away from the position that they're in. Um, obviously, my my old team Huddersfield. I think Darren Moore um, has got a really tough job there, coming in after Neil Warnock. He's not an easy manager to replace. Kind of a he's he's such a he's such a unique one-off manager Neil Warnock but slowly but surely Darren seems to be getting his messaging across and they start started to find a little bit more consistency in their performance they'd be devastated to have conceded that late goal against Swansea at the weekend mm. um and I mean I look at I look at Stoke um and Alex Neil who I think is a very very good man, manager at the level has always been able to find real consistency in his teams but they are really struggling and they've been on a really really poor 
poor run of form, which I have to say surprises me when I think about the manager and I think about the quality within their squad. But I think only five points in the last six games. They've lost their last three games and they've conceded nine goals in, in those last, mm. last three games. Two against Plymouth, four against QPR, three against Blackburn. Um, and I think Millwall. I think Mill will be looking over their shoulder, you know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting for me. New manager, Joe Edwards, a young coach, um, obviously a very, very competent coach, worked through the academies, worked with the FA and the young young teams with England, mm. looked after the under-20s. Big difference managing at the Den. And we know that the Den can be a really roof, ruthless place. It can yeah. be a brutal place if you're not winning games. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting, the bottom end of the championship. I did think that there was maybe only four teams involved, yeah. but I think maybe, maybe five or six now. Absolutely. Stay with us. I'm Darren Ambrose. He's Danny Cowley. After the break, we're going to be speaking about Bristol City v Norwich and one of Danny's former sides, Portsmouth. You listen to the EFL Access in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. 18 plus, be gamblerware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. You're listening to the EFL All Access. I'm Darren Ambrose. I'm alongside former Portsmouth manager, Danny Cowley. Um, let's quickly look at Sunday's match. Danny, Bristol City, last-minute defeat against Norwich. Adam Edar with a 95th-minute winner. I mean, does this show some character for Norwich? I think it does. It's a, it, was a, it was a really good win. I think Bristol City were, were the better team in the second half and had the real momentum in the game. And Norwich were able to catch them on the counter-attack and... I don't know if you've seen the celebration from David Wagner. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Jose Mourinho-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Run down the touchline. And yeah. uh, it's great when you see that 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 passion and that enthusiasm. Well, what's that the... like on the flip side, though, Dan? Sorry to butt in. But when you're the opposing manager, that must that must rile up a bit. Yeah, I think so. I, if I'm honest, I, I love football. And yeah, football is, is an emotional game. And sometimes the emotion can get the better of us in a, in a technical area. And I, I don't think he meant it as any disrespect to Liam Manning or the Bristol City team. I just think he was enjoying the moment with, with, with his own team. So personally, I, I, don't, have, I don't have an issue mm. with it. Uh, yeah, it was it was great to see. Yeah, good win for Norwich, but back-to-back defeats now for Liam Manning. Not been an easy start to the championship for him. I mean, what do you usually do as a manager when you first go into a new club? You've obviously got to find your team immediately, but what do you say to the lads? Back-to-back defeats can't be good for Liam. Well, you you hope that you 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 go in and that you can get 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 that 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 initial manager bounce. Um, I think when 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 you do, it certainly helps because the the results, like I said earlier, give the players confidence in 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 your game idea and your way of working. When you don't, I think I think to stay to stay calm, um, to try to you know you're learning all the time and you're the learning curve as you in the in the first kind of week two weeks of going into the club can be really steep particularly when you pick up a, a team mid-season and it's really important that you digest all of this learning and that you try to make some 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 intelligent decisions but yeah he'll be he'd have obviously had an idea of the the playing group from the outside looking in mm. but certainly that can change as you as you start to look 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 from the inside and yeah he'll be he'll be working out um you know, he'd be he'd be he'd be, he'd be, he'd be learning a lot about the players. He'll be working out where he can get those quick wins. So he'll be looking at what where the group are at the moment, what what is already good, and he'll probably try to run with the things that are good. But he'll be looking for for little, little ways that he can tweak things to to get to get some quick wins. And I look at the group. I think they're a young group. I think they're on an upward curve. I think they've got some some really really talented players within that squad. And, and I think it's a group that will really suit Liam Manning and, mm. and his style of play over time. Yeah, certainly was. Um, let's look at your former team that you managed, Portsmouth. Um, return to top of League One, a dominant 3-0 win over Northampton at six fields. They did have a shock defeat to Blackpool, though, in midweek. Um, it, well, sorry, they did have a shock result to Blackpool, of course, but then they won against Burton 
and this victory looked to got John Massino's team back on track, would you say? Yeah, I think it was a fantastic win, particularly the fact that they were the only League One fixture. Um, so it's always great to be able to win when, when none of your rivals are playing. But off the back of their first disappointment against Blackpool the previous Saturday, the response has been incredible. Two away performances, two tough places to go, Burton Albion and also Northampton Town. And I think that, you know, that the, the squad has shown all of their promotion credentials in, in those two, not just those two results, but their two performances. I think two really solid performances. Um and and particularly on the on the on the on the back of having some some key injuries and suspensions, um, the the likes of Regan Paul done his ACL is going to be a huge loss um, coming out of that team. Sean Raggett's gone back in. Uh, he actually found the first goal on on Saturday. Um, Marlon Pack now has actually come back from injury and is playing again. But Joe Morell suspended. So um, they lost Colby Bishop on Tuesday night to an ankle injury. So they had some key players out on 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 Saturday, but still they were able to find a really convincing win. And yeah, they've got they've got confidence, they've got momentum, and, and John Massino's done a done a done a brilliant job thus far. Certainly as Let's look at a little League One managerial move. Bristol Rovers appointing Matt Taylor, replacing Joey Barton, who got sacked by Bristol Rovers on the 26th of October. Is that a good move for Matt Taylor, would you say, Dan? I think so. I think so. It was interesting to, to, to listen to Matt speak to the players and address the players. And I think he felt that he'd come around pretty quickly off the back of just being sacked at, at Rotherham himself. And I think he's just had a, had a new member to his family. So there's, there's a lot going on in his life. Um, but I think when he, when, when he looked at the opportunity and he, and, he, and he particularly looked at the quality of that Bristol Rovers squad, and when I look at look at the, the the group of players that they have there, I think that they're a team that can realistically challenge for promotion this season. Um, maybe it will have to come via the playoffs, but but I look at the quality that they have in their group, and they should be competing at the top end. And I think I think Matt has seen that potential, and that's the reason that he's taken the job. And it's going to be really interesting. I know their game at the weekend in the FA Cup was called off. I think they have. Um, EFL Cup game against Crawley tomorrow night. It's going to be really interesting to see to see how how, how Matt fares there. Absolutely is. Look, that's all we've got time for, Dan. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, Darren. Lovely to speak to you, mate. Cheers, pal. And this week, remember, we've got some big matches in the EFL. L coming up on Friday, 8th of December. TalkSport 2 exclusive in the Championship. Coventry v Birmingham City at 8 o'clock. Presented by Hugh Wilsoncroft. Commentary from Mark Wilson and former Liverpool women's striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. And on Saturday, the 9th of December, 12.30 kickoff. Blackburn v Leeds once again in the Championship. That's a TalkSport 2 exclusive, not on a UK TV. So the only place you can hear it is on TalkSport 2. That's presented by Faker Others. Commentary from Nigel Adley and former England defender Mickey Gray. A reminder, you can listen to us every Monday from 6pm here on TalkSport 2. If you miss any of our shows, you can listen back on the TalkSport app and we are also available as a podcast, which you can download from your go-to podcast provider. Just search EFL All Access. 